Welcome to Take Note, the podcast about carrying a notebook around in your pocket and writing things down so that you'll remember them and then you can read them to your good friends on the podcast that you record later. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, Ted. How's it going? It's going great. We are joined by a special guest. Tim Wassum is here with us. Hello, Tim. Hey, fellas. How's it going? It's going great. Tim is, of course, the co-host of the renowned pencil-based podcast, Erasable Podcast. We're huge fans, always have been. That might not be true. That might be pushing it. I don't know when I jumped on board, but it's been a long time. So we're excited to have you here. We've never been against it. We've always been in favor once once we became aware of it. Well, that's. I want to say I was somewhere in the forties or the fifties that I became aware, which is which is a compliment because I've been listening for a long time, and the fact that. You guys were making it for even longer before that. It well, was that's, very yeah, the forties and fifties. That's when it really started getting good. That's like like Simpsons season five, six, and seven. Like when it <laughs> really started hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> and we stopped stumbling over uh, each other all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's what they that's what they say on the Reddit page. Yeah. Um, I so before we get started, I do want to confer upon you uh, as our guest of honor, uh, the honorary number two fan of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, award, so congratulations! I'm, I'm sort of awkwardly handing this across like the buffet table. I can't wait until the plaque shows up at my doorstep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, so welcome aboard. So, so uh, how's podcasting life these days? How how's pencil life treating you? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm we're we're kind of in a groove now, right now with with the race bowl, getting ready for summer break. I'm a teacher, so getting ready for summer break, and that's usually where things get especially fun because I can kind of think about it more. Because right now it's kind of like uh, I, th- I think about it, you know, 15 minutes before we start or so. Survival mode. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> and I am I'm, I'm at a crossroads in my stationary life where I'm I just finished my Blackwing subscription on a Ooh. on a on a dud, and then I I'm thinking about jumping on to a field note subscription with my with my slush fund that I've got available to me. So. Which those are the the quarters that you collect from under your students' desks at the end of every day. I'm assuming I just take it out of their wallet periodically throughout the day, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I just walk up well, and just hand them a piece of paper that says, "Give me all the cash in your wallet. This is not a robbery." That's just all it says. <laughs> and you'd be surprised I, how many kids just hand it over. Yeah. yeah. They, well, they so think they're going to get better grades, but if you were to, I mean, if you were to, if you were to improve their grades. There'd be something morally wrong with that. Just stealing mm-hmm. from them. There's no problem with that. Yeah. My yeah, my Blackwing, yeah, my Blackwing subscription just ended too. I I canceled it before the new one came out because it auto renews, and I've just been trying to get away from things that auto renew in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the nice things about the Field Notes one. Um, yeah, so I I don't think I'm going to re up just because even more than the notebooks, I just have way too many pencils. Yeah. Adam, just make sure that at, at no point do you refer to your, your marriage as auto-renewing. <laughs> <laughs> just know, know the limit on the concept, all right? <laughs> I got I to gotta check the contract. Um, all right, well, every, uh, every episode we, we ask each other a question. What do you got means what have you got in your notebook? So, Tim, uh, what do you got? Yeah, well, so... Every morning, I, I work at a school that's like 25 minutes away from here, like 25-minute drive. And every morning, I drive by uh, this hotel. So I'm going to read you this from my my notebook here. Um, every morning, I drive by a sad, janky hotel called the Westlight Inn. And today, I took notice of the marquee sign with like those movable letters, you know, that you put up there, mm-hmm. which today read... You can't bang the world until you love your neighbor, which is some real wobbly theology. <laughs> um, and it, either either it's a piece of really just intensely beautiful accidental art where somebody had like sabotaged it and left it in just such a way that it looked like it was just certain letters had fallen off and made this message appear. Um, I, I'll never know, but 
uh, I drove by later and confirmed, and I've just been contemplating that piece of wisdom <laughs> ever since. That was that was two days ago when I wrote that one down. So that's amazing. Uh, and I yeah. mean, in a in a jankety motel, the the phrase "neighbor" is also sort of loaded. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of a communal yeah. vibe. Yeah, most I, amazing. Yeah, I remember reading somewhere that um, like if you put up a um, like dogs stay off our lawn sign, that people are more likely to let the dogs um, mess with the lawn. <laughs> and and it seems to me that this motel. I don't know if you said motel or hotel, but I feel like it's safe to assume you said motel. Let's uh, go with motel. It, yeah. Okay. It's, it it seems to me that maybe they're just. <laughs> They're suggesting you can't bang yeah. your neighbor, or you can't bang your, I don't know, unless the you, whole you world. love your neighbor. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. bang the whole world. Until you <laughs> love. But I think they're just trying to get, they're just trying to put the idea in people's head. Yeah. I think it's very clever marketing for the hotel. They're just, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of constant residents in this hotel, so maybe they're just trying to get everybody to give along, you know, just, just consider each other maybe. neighbors. Yeah. yeah. That's an optimistic way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam, what do you got? All right, well, first I just want to say that uh, you weren't here last week, Ted, and when I was editing the episode, I realized that instead of asking Ryan, what do you got? I said, hey, Ryan, every week we ask, what did you write in your notebook? So what did you write in your notebook? So our only segment that we've ever had and stuck with for a significant amount of time, I blew it last week without you. So you were missed. Uh, I appreciate it. I've written this. First, this is unrelated, but right above the note that I was going to share, I wrote, quote, I didn't see the size of his rocks, unquote. I don't know what that means. I can't remember. Um, And then underneath, I've got the phrase, fox in the bounce house. And I wrote this down because I saw a baby fox posted on Instagram. This is my biggest Instagram success ever. There was a baby fox walking around the suburbs, just hanging out on a sidewalk, not afraid. Uh, Me, the dog, my six-year-old, we tried to cross to the side of the street where the fox wasn't. It crossed and kind of followed us, but not in a... Uh, not in a too concerning kind of manner. We crossed back again. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed... Uh, I decided it was a baby fox. Just didn't know better. Somebody on Instagram like told me... trying to sell you like a vacuum cleaner or something. Yeah. No, not yet. We hadn't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Because um, we were avoiding it. Probably if we'd let it come up to us, it would have sold us a vacuum cleaner. Okay. Um, somebody there's, on... There's no, there's no soliciting in that neighborhood. That's right. Well, yeah. Way. That's right. It depends on if you have the sticker on your door. Um, so, so eventually we had to we had to leave the box, the fox, and uh, uh, somebody else on Instagram said probably not a baby fox, probably an adolescent fox with mange, which doesn't that doesn't make me happy. I don't understand that mm-hmm. entirely. It's not very mm-hmm. charming. Not charming at all. But I, she probably knows. Um, I don't know how she could tell from a grainy photo. But anyway, as we're leaving, <laughs> as we're leaving the the fox area, um, where it was just kind of you know, like rubbing its back on the ground and just, you know, making a real fox of the situation. Uh, there's a bounce house in the corner. So I decided, you know, like this, this, this fox is moving towards the bounce house. And I really like the idea of this birthday party meeting this, uh, meeting this little <laughs> mangy fox and what happens after that. So fox in the bounce house is what I wrote. What do you got, Ted? Well, what was that first one again? Size of, size of the rocks. Yeah, did I go, it? I've got a quote here. It must be a quote from my house. I didn't see the size of his rocks. Yeah. Well, that just reminded me of what my, my old grandpappy used to say. If you're not going to bang the world, <laughs> you'll never know the size of a man's rocks. That sounds I also familiar. just realized you, you wrote down... That sounds right. Yeah. I don't know the size of his rocks. Bounce house fox. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like you got some fox and weird socks. Dr. Seuss vibe but, yeah. going on. I've been trying to write poems... I've been trying so hard to write poems. I don't seem to write in front of me. Hey there. Yeah. Uh, I've got a quote from my daughter. Well, at least the poor raccoon gets the tuna. <laughs> Which uh, is what you say when you set up a raccoon trap under your house. And you put some tuna inside of it. And then you wait around to, to see what happens next. She was just imagining a world in which... A raccoon actually wandered into this trap and was trapped, and she thought, well, <laughs> at, least, at least it gets the tuna. <laughs> uh, I did ask my wife earlier in the day, do you actually want to catch a raccoon? Uh, 
She didn't seem to want to, but I get her, her hatred of the idea of this thing creeping around underneath our house at night uh, trumps her, uh, her fear of uh, having a wild raccoon in a, in a cage. Uh, my prediction is we will catch a cat. On this <laughs> yes, <night>. you will. <laughs> you will. Yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> what What did you consider before tuna? Tuna. For some reason, we borrowed the trap from my mom, and she just they just decided her and her husband decided that it was tuna was the thing. Tuna was it. So she she uh, she I picked up the trap, and then she said, "Don't forget the tuna," and held up a little can of tuna that she'd gotten out of her pantry. That uh, it was part of the part of the lending process was also lending a little can of tuna. You gotta like fill up the tuna. It's like you borrow a car. Like you gotta fill up the gas before you give it back. So like you have to return it with a can of tuna. Yeah. Uh, and and a raccoon inside the thing. Mm. Apparently. <laughs> what else you got, Tim? Um, yeah. So I wanted to share a baseball term. With you now, and now, Ooh. I guess, I guess, me being on uh, your your podcast, this is officially this is the official stationary podcast episode of the Chicago Cubs because I think there's two Cubs fans on here now. Have you adopted nice. the Cubs, Adam? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. am a okay. Cubs fan, and I'm working really hard on it. That's good. Okay, so <laughs> I'll I'll talk to the the boys in the radio booth and and get them to say that on the air. Uh, about this, just this specific episode. Appreciate it. De- but uh, I wanted to share a, a new baseball term that is in, uh, was, I discovered it because of Jim Deshays, who mm. you will know, Ted, of course. Uh, mm, I do. Jim Deshays, an who is an Astros pitcher and then Astros announcer, and now he's a Cubs announcer. Jim De- Jim Deshays, who once struck out the first nine batters mm-hmm. of a baseball game that he pitched in. I believe that's a record. That is. That is right. Um, now this is I, I love Deshays. I think he's hilarious, and I think he's a he's a great color commentator. But there was a game, and uh, I think he's used this. I th- you, Adam, Adam, you love Deshays, right? I love Deshays. I think he is a great color commentator. <laughs> was um, he a righty or a lefty, Adam? I can't. He I can't was remember. ambidextrous. Everybody knows. That. You're not going to get me <laughs> yeah. on that one. The uh, rare ambidextrous <laughs> pitcher. Uh, I tried to uh, I tried to bait him on Twitter at one point because I was going through my baseball cards and found a card of him that the picture was I'll have to find it and send it to you guys but it was literally he was I guess it was after he had thrown the ball but it was just his butt it was just a picture of his butt and he was bending over and his butt was aimed towards the camera and he was looking back it was just it shouldn't be on a baseball card but anyways uh, the term that he has introduced uh i think i've heard him use it twice but the time that um i remembered recently and i had gone back and this way so my notebook i had gone back and was watching a video because i wanted to find it it was they were playing the cincinnati reds in 2018 and jared hughes the pitcher for the reds uh was going after a sort of like bloop infield pop-up and his legs just kind of gave out from under him and jim deshays described it with quote hughes goes all baby giraffe here (laughs) (laughs) which delighted me to no end so now um, and then I think the other time he had used it is there was this famous moment with Gregory Polanco on the 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 Pirates and he was running for a ball in the 10th inning to catch a pop-up that should have been an easy out and his legs just kind of gave out and wobbled under him and he collapsed to the ground and the Cubs won this (laughs) walk-off and I think he used it then as well but yeah so baby giraffe is when your your legs kind of go out from under you and you get all awkward. I just thought that was delightful. So add it to the baseball lexicon. Deshays awesome. uh, is one of the TV announcers too, right? Is he TV and radio? Yes. Or? No, just just okay. TV. Just TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he they they've got an interesting dynamic. I don't know if they're they're both new for this season, but they, uh, or yeah. if one of them is new for the season. There's a dynamic where one person wants to make small talk, and the other person is not interested in small talk. I'm not uh, sure who is who at this point. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's it's a the other guy his name is Boog Shambi who does like ESPN broadcast too. So that's why he's okay. never there on Sundays. So it's Boog that tries to have like the small talk and Jim is like 
stuck on the baseball. I missed the old guy. His name was Len Casper, and he's awesome. And he uh, he went to the dark side, and now he's the radio announcer for the White Sox. So okay, so oh, we wow. don't talk about him anymore. But I I really enjoy the dynamic of one guy just not being into it. Yeah, uh, like a nice. one yeah. professional yeah. broadcaster just can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I seem to recall a, a factoid from my children's reading of their books about strange phenomena. Do baby giraffes just like plummet out of the air when they're born and fall like eight feet down? <laughs> it would make yes. sense that they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They maybe when when someone reaches for a foul ball and falls six feet down onto the ground out of the stands, they can call that <laughs> call a that baby a... giraffe too. <laughs> yeah, little, it's got it's got them. Whole plethora of uses on the baseball field. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what do you got, Adam? I've written um, after an eternity of putting the pen on a chain. Now the bank insists I take the pen home with me. <laughs> That's it. They're giving you a couple pens has, now instead that of that. Has been your daily thought from the great philosopher <laughs> Adam Webb. Right. His moment of zen. Yep. Coronavirus has liberated pens out into the world. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry for being topical. I also have one about dog hair, but I think it's kind of gross. What do you got, Ted? Um, these are just a few quick notes from a recent uh, softball game. Eight and under. Unassisted triple play. Very impressive. Uh, our shortstop hit a ground ball, then ran to first base while holding the bat all the way. <laughs> I was uh, coaching first and uh, heard from the dugout a fellow coach yelling at the girls, Stop jinxing her! No more jinxing! <laughs> um, and they. And got into. I'm <laughs> just imagining like a, a boy, like a pot in the corner of the dugout that they're like adding, you know ingredients too like which little, is, le- little leaves of grass yeah, kind of like <laughs> shaping little like little hexes and, and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no jinxing no hexing <laughs> uh see coach got ejected first time i saw that this season <laughs> this now what you have to understand this is tournament softball these games count you see what i'm saying <laughs> uh things got real uh, finally got into a bit of a debate with a fellow coach. What is the toughest job as a coach? Uh, I held that it's being scoreboard operator, which I brought up just after the current scoreboard operator made a egregious error. <laughs> uh, my fellow coach argued that the toughest job as a softball coach was putting on the catcher's gear at the <laughs> beginning of every inning. And I will say one of, my, one of the joys of, Coaching softball and little league baseball is watching the children waddle out to their position behind the plate with the full set of catcher's gear on. Most of them wondering, "My God, what did I do to deserve this terrible fate?" <laughs> Adam, the the catcher is the one that crouches down behind home plate and catches the ball that the pitcher throws. That's the croucher, right? <laughs> yeah, the croucher. Okay. Yeah, I got that one. What do you got, Tim? So one of the great joys of being a teacher is you just overhear a lot of stuff because teenagers say pretty ridiculous things and they're just talking constantly. And so you just hear stuff. And so I I wrote down something I overheard before class with my seniors. There were these two boys that are uh, we're having a conversation and the first boy kind of lifted his head up, looked straight towards the front of the room, didn't realize that I was hearing him and he said, I sexually identify as a battle droid. And the second boy, and the second boy picked up his chin and just kind of nodded thoughtfully, and they went back to what they were doing. Um, it wasn't acknowledged as a joke. It was just, I don't know if it was an inside joke. That that's just something they say now and then. But I, I found it just beyond delightful. I just was so happy. And then I brought it up to him later, and he, and he was kind of like, what? <gasps> oh yeah, <laughs> kind of like it, it's so obvious that I didn't even think about it anymore. So I think I'm more impressed that you brought it up with them later instead of uh, burying that one deep down inside for all time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, no, oh, no, I couldn't do that. 
That one's, I mean, that one's either a song or a short story. I mean, that's, that's ripe. <laughs> I, maybe I'll become a teacher. <laughs> if that's yeah, the kind those, of gold. You get those, those great, <laughs> great moments. I, I've got a million of them. My, my experience with teenagers uh, is pretty much limited to asking myself the question, is that a group of teenagers having a fun conversation nearby or is somebody being murdered <laughs> or, or horribly maimed? One or the other, yeah. usually. Yeah, that's fair. Hard to tell. That's fair. Uh, so, Tim, you, uh, in preparing for this show, mm-hmm. uh, put forth a fantastic prompt. Mm. That uh, that is sure to elicit some fun conversation. Do you just want to throw that out there? We'll kind of jump into it as a topic here. I was inspired by a commercial. Uh, this is a an avocado commercial, which I see way <laughs> too many avocado commercials. As a baseball fan with MLB TV, there's just lots of avocado commercials uh, with like t-shirt guns shooting avocados, and then there's another one with a guy who's got a clone, and the clone is better than him. In most ways, it seems, and he's fine with that. Um, stealing away his girlfriend and his dad by making wonderful guacamole. <laughs> and so the question is, Gross. Uh, this summer, you know, like moving forward from now, like what is the cooler than you clone doing with his stationery? I love it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Me too. He's just like you, but like I- elevated. Because he doesn't have all the baggage that you grew up with, like all the all the crap in the back of your head that you're carrying around all the time. He's just he just started fresh, so he's good. So oh, that's is, interesting. So what is so what does he do with all the stationery that he finds in your house? When you're like, hey, stay downstairs, don't come upstairs, it'll freak out my wife. Yeah, stay down here, <laughs> make guacamole. There's some pencils in that cabinet over there. Go nuts. What does he do? So, so th- that's a little different than how I thought of it. Um, and I, in my mind, I, I create a lot of rules for this clone. And I figured that the clone didn't have skills that I didn't have. Mm. Um, mm. That anything that I didn't get n- naturally. Right? The, the, the clone was stuck with any of my natural problems, which I guess is kind of in line with yours. So the clone wasn't going to be able to say, uh, like, make a table. Make guacamole. Make guacamole. Yeah. Yep. Make, make, do any sort of woodworking. Because somehow I, I went to woodworking. I would love to do, like, that would be a very satisf- satisfying way to spend the summer, except that I know that I that I can't do that um, and that it would be very frustrating. So I decided that I had to rule that out. That was the decision that I Tim, made for Can my you imagine career. if Adam had a clone walking around and there were two of them <laughs> wringing their hands about this subject matter, so just doubling the effect? My God. I had a lot of what fun. What has been unleashed upon the world? Right. I just I created certain rules, and I in my mind the clone was going to have the time and the inclination, well, the time to achieve things that I had the inclination to complete. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How do you think of it, Ted? Were you? But you didn't even think of, you didn't even think of anything that your clone is going to complete. You just thought about. No, no, no. I've got a long list. Buddy. I just figured I'd give oh, somebody right. else a chance. Well, throw one throw one out there. Okay. Well. All right, the, the first one is, is kind of a dud, but it got me some more interesting. The first the first one, actually the last one that I wrote, was uh, that he would actually read the National Geographics that show up. Like, he would have the time to do that. And then it occurred to me that's not really stationary related, because I, I really, I went beyond stationary as I was thinking about this over the course of like an hour. Um, but, but so then I decided the clone would be the one who actually takes the time to like clip something out of the magazine and paste it into the notebook. Um, which is something that I just always think to myself, maybe I would do, and maybe I do it once. So that's that's one of my lesser clone activities. What about you guys? Nice. Um, so mine, you know, I was at the, uh, there's a there's a little, well, it's not little, there's an Egyptian exhibit in the, uh, the Natural History Museum here in Houston that we visited recently. And I'm always taken by the idea of like pictograms and like, very uh, sort of stylized um, representations of things. And I always think to myself, and this is what I, my clone would do this, my cooler clone could take like a really nice like like sketchbook, like a black wing sketchbook blank, and just fill it up with like 
pictograms of like baseball players or, or just creating some kind of alternate like visual vocabulary or like just fill every page from like corner to corner, like Where's Waldo style with cool sketches. I always, I, I, I get this urge sometimes to like want to be able to draw these sort of, you know, these, these like detailed and never, never ending pictogram kind of thing. So that's what my cooler clone would do. I started it, but man, I just become so dissatisfied with, uh, with my drawing skills or lack thereof, or I just lose, I just don't have the endurance to improve. So my, my cool clone fills up a whole blank, uh, book with crazy, like, uh, pictograms of Babe Ruth and, and, <laughs> Negro leaguers and all kinds of baseball-y stuff. Nice. What does cooler Tim Watson so, get up to? I, I had to get some, some rules going with mine, too, because my first thought is that he would sit in the basement with a stack of field notes and just fill it up with, who am I, 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 who am I? <laughs> uh, like 45 uh, you know, copies of my day game and all these uh, field notes that I got stacked up. So I had to... So, well, and then it turned. Then it turns into like a moon Sam Rockwell and Moon thing, where you got to like throw yourself in the uh, incinerator and start yeah, over it's, again. It's, pr- it's problematic. Not pretty. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna build a pizza oven. That's not what we were intending it for. So, uh, oh god. <laughs> so and mine's actually my first thought was baseball related too, because I'm just in such a baseball-y mode. Season's fresh, yep. and I'm trying trying to Same watch piece. as much as I can. And my cooler clone would take a creation of mine from, it was probably five years ago. I made, I've got it on my computer, and I just printed out my own pocket notebook that I used Futura on the front and just called them baseball field notes because I thought I was clever. Mm. Um, and it's just nice. it's just a <laughs> micro baseball scoring uh, notebook. And my cooler clone would actually get to focus on a baseball game for more than uh, three to four minutes at a time before his his, uh, four-year-old asked if I could uh, pretend that it was Christmas and wrap up some old toys for her dolls. (laughs) Oh, man, I love that. That's what I I spend most of my time doing. So my my cooler-than-me clone would be sitting downstairs with a... You know, a cold beer and a little notebook and taking score of the baseball game and just uh, not moving for a while. And then I'd walk down and uh, kill him out of angry jealousy. So (laughs) that was my first thought. (laughs) I like that yours, too. I I had a couple here that are, I mean, I think the the tone of mine is sort of like uh, my clone could do things without being interrupted by... um, (laughs) the children that he loves Um, yes i wasn't gonna read this one but just mine was like lists of new orleans gigs that i could actually see but really that's got nothing to do with stationery that's like being in new orleans but uh having a babysitter (laughs) slowly this is turning into like a save yourself situation like you have this brand new clone and you're just like go go be free do all of these wonderful things that i cannot do right now um for right. for 12 to 15 years oh, i i i envision the tim wasom clone wandering into the kitchen be like hey make it some more pizza huh <laughs> um that's what we're doing i also wrote down the ones the ones that i kind of that really got kind of stationary uh, that, that hit the stationary thing for me that i really liked was first i wrote uh, pressing flowers because as I was, oh, I, I was walking, uh, I was walking through our suburb to the wine shop and back and I, I had a pen in my hand today while I was thinking about this and I had the pen in my hand the whole time and I just had the best time coming up with all sorts of little ideas. But, um, the, the flowers on the trees are blooming. Are they flowers on the trees? The flowers are blooming, but the trees are blooming as well. All sorts of interesting colors. I had my wife fact checked. I picked up some, uh, purple, flowers and put them in my notebook so i wrote pressing flowers is something that i might do and and then beyond that though and i think we've talked about this on one episode a long time ago i thought um my clone might make natural inks um we read an article uh in a new yorker and maybe there's an article somewhere else too if i remember correctly a couple articles came out about a guy who 
uses uh, flowers to make his own inks. And I thought that given, again, given an inordinate amount of, an inordinate amount of free time, um, I'm, you know, my clone might just wander through uh, town, picking up flowers and then turning them into inks. And then, I don't know, probably going on some sort of murderous rampage because he's an evil clone, but... <laughs> Naturally. I like it. I like it. It's very peaceful. Yeah. Until he kills everybody. Um, yeah. I just got an idea uh, for my clone. It turns out when you assign yourself a clone, the ideas just start flying about what <laughs> servile roles they can perform. Um, I think my clone can follow me around, and, you know, as I, like, set a pen down... They can just kind of pick it up and like slip it into their pocket or into some sort of a, you know, put it in the place it should be in or, you know, occasionally be like, you really sure you want to leave that there? Or, you know, like really in the, in the, in your shoe, you're going to put it in your shoe. It's, you think you're going to remember that That's where that is later? later? That's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could do, they could take dictation. They could, they could slip it into your pocket. So you always know where that pen is. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the crux of it, is my clone would be far better at keeping track of uh, of objects than I am, <laughs> making it far cooler, spending far fewer brainwaves on, uh, like right now I'm staring at a, a Baron Fig Squire holder with no Baron Fig pen in it. Don't have a clue where that Squire pen is, but my clone would know. I don't know, those yes, things roll job. away, man. You can't you can't take that out of the stand. It's, it's like... Rolling across America like like tumbleweed in a Coen Brothers movie. It's just like on its way. It's just it's somewhere in Oklahoma right now, just working the, its way across yeah, the country. The, the mace, the mesas of Arizona behind it. Yep. Sunset. If they ever if they make one with a clip, they should, that the commercial should be the other one rolling away. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's you know my my other clone task my 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 second one was actually sort of similar is that I thought that my my clone would have the ability because of you know separation and doesn't have all this baggage to throw away all the pencils and stuff that I don't need because I just have so much of this crap mm-hmm. over my house and they would come in one day and they'd be like, listen, I I took care of some things. Um, I know you pretend that you like, things, care huh? what, about what, these. What, what things? These Ticonderogas that uh, you you bought them in a very large quantity because they're cedar, but you don't use them because you don't really like them. Uh, because you have better options, and I'm here for you. And I've donated them to a local school. No, no, I do like them, you see? I'm like, you no. see? Look at that beautiful yellow patina. Now tell me you didn't you really throw them away, Cody. Right, right. One to save and one to use, please. Come on. Yeah. I like the idea that you would very quickly corrupt your clone, and it would be pure, and it wouldn't be swayed by emotions about these uh, pencils. Mm-hmm. But you would say that oh, the, the yellow patina, and it would the clone would look at it, and it would kind of see the pencil through your eyes, mm. and then the clone would be ruined too. You know, right now, our, I think our clones are probably recording a podcast about what our clones would uh, would do if they had a clone of their very Well, own. you know, <laughs> on that subject, the very... Here's what our OGs think we're for, but we are, yeah, <laughs> we're not. The very first thing that I had my, that I wrote down that my clone would do, uh, compiling evidence that we are in a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that uh, is an awesome prompt. If anybody else has any good ideas about what uh, what your clone might get up to, stationary-wise, uh, shoot us an email. Head over to takenote.space, which does, sure doesn't sound like a website, but it is. Um, Tim, you are in the process of editing, compiling, coalescing, uh, birthing yes. a zine mm-hmm. issue. That is uh, that is yes. musical in nature. Yeah, Plumbago, our zine that is associated with uh, Erasable, but is very much so Andy's baby. Uh, Andy does so much for that, and he's really amazing and works really hard to develop these ideas and work with people. And I know he's, Harry Marks helps him out with the editing process. And for this issue, um, I'm coming in and 
with I came in with a pitch for a music issue, and it is both music writing and then also my part of it is editing the actual music part. And so we've got people submitting uh, original songs, uh, both instrumental and lyrical. And some people are even doing like stationary sounds, sort of like rhythm pieces. Like, I mean, it's, it's like all over the place. Um, and it's been really exciting. And so awesome. we've got, I mean, if you're hearing this, I don't know when this comes out, but I mean, if you're hearing this and you're halfway through something because you heard about it somewhere else and you still want to submit it, but it's not in time, you should still submit it for sure. <laughs> or if you've got something that you want to crank out real fast, <laughs> uh, email us at plumbago magazine at gmail.com because I think it's going to be really cool. So there's actually going to be a physical CD that comes with it or a download code option kind of thing. We're trying to figure that out right now. What's the most feasible with our scope and budget and all that. And then there'll also be a written section that has like liner notes uh, written for the songs that were submitted and then just music related stationary writings. So I'm re- I'm really excited about it. So it'll probably come out sometime this summer. It is man it is a June. It is bold. That is a bold brassy Andy move. and I literally had conversations about like what? what would it actually take? Like how much would people actually have to offer to pay to press vinyl of Wow. Of this. And that, <laughs> oh, then that conversation ended pretty quickly. But it, it, it got there <laughs> temporarily. And that's just, uh, you know, a, a sign of how much, how highly we think of our contributors. <laughs> We're like, could we actually do this? Well, we'd need people to, sub, you know, pitch in like 50 bucks. That's not going to happen. So let's, let's bury that one. But, well, I, I believe it's going to be, uh, that's an I believe it's going to be more successful than the ill fated take note non-fungible token um the, the less i thought that's what this, we say about i that, thought that's what this episode was wasn't this the nft no this or? one's gonna be fungible everyone's gonna be able to fung you yeah plenty of funging yeah. okay. sorry yeah. yep you'll be fun fung away yeah, by everybody. the end of it you're gonna yeah. feel like a uh, battle droid okay a battle yeah. droid <laughs> yeah yeah um well i mean i you know i, I think we've all read jeff Tweedy's book and we've talked some about songwriting on the show are you doing your own songwriting and if so how what how are you using the tools around you and what do you what's kind of like your process or what do you how are you digging into yeah i am definitely songwriting i i had a friend who uh local friend here who actually did the membership podcast with for a little while and uh that's a whole story but he's he's still doing the membership podcast um and he challenged me to join him and his name's Jason Hardy. He challenged me to write a song a week in 2021. And so wow. I think at this point, I don't know how many weeks we have here, but I think I've, I've missed three weeks total this year, which I feel pretty good about. And I think he's missed negative two. So I think he's like in the, wow. he's, he's made more <laughs> than one per week. And neither of us are, you know, last year I had probably written one song and he had, maybe written one or two like we weren't Mm -hmm. like super prolific but it's been really it's been really cool because uh, when you commit to doing something that regularly and like writing crappy songs that regularly they get better real fast (laughs) which is which is pretty cool um but yeah i so i use um it's like right now i've got a game day field notes that i that i always carry around and i'm always filling up with um little seeds for songs things that i overhear and then a lot of the songwriting stuff actually lives in my phone, just in the notes app and on the the voice memos. Uh, there's a lot of that. But like, uh, I like uh, here's an example. I've got something in my my pocket notebook here that I I wrote down from. I'm reading the book Braided Creek by Ted Cooser and Jim Harrison. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they these are you know Jim Harrison, author of Legends of the Fall, and Ted Cooser was a poet laureate, and they are buddies, and they wrote short poems back and forth for a very long time and then it came out as a book and Uh. they don't mark mark them as which like who's writing which one uh which is neat but you can usually tell because jim harrison is usually talking about like the female figure and ted kuzer is talking about like dew on a cold morning so (laughs) that's that's usually the giveaway but i was i wrote this one down because i was thinking about writing a John Prine-esque, like, humorous song about uh, stage of life kind of stuff. 
do on the yeah. female figure. So this is do. <laughs> yes, uh, but this is this is an example. So they could some some of the things in here are like, you know, sort of profound or like really like nice observations, and then some of them just offer little tidbits like this this little poem, which I'm assuming um, is from. Uh, I, I'd like to think that this is Ted Kuser responding to Jim Harrison talking about women all the time. And he says, it just says, I grow older. I still like women, but mostly I like Mexican food. <laughs> and so I, I liked the idea of writing a, a song about that, that just incorporated that idea somewhere, just like the importance of, of food. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just can, I collect all these little, tidbits and then usually the way that's worked out for me is i've got a a composition notebook that's like graph paper finished and uh i just use that to do some like regular free writing off of these little little tidbits that pop up throughout the day yeah i've been i've been kind of using tidbits like that too i i read there's a uh, John Ashbery uh, posthumous poem that was published last week or something. And whenever I see John Ashbery, I just like the puzzle of John Ashbery for me uh, somehow inspires me. I don't know how he does it, but also it doesn't, it's, it's brilliant. But since there's no, uh, there's no way to figure out the method to it, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like it's doable. Um, and so I've been trying to kind of, find those little seeds and capture them and the uh, and 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 have been struggling there's like just a lot of nonsense in my notebook um trying to turn it into something and even turning it into something isn't that hard but turning it into something and finishing it mm-hmm. i find it kind of difficult it doesn't help that billy collins and that master class that i think you listened to as well uh-huh. is like oh well the trick with the poem is just finish it with the day you start it mm-hmm. like thanks billy collins you know, Man. it doesn't work for all of us. Man, the best, but, um, the, the best uh, feedback I ever got for a song I've written this year, like from Jason, where he sent me a message. He's like, this is the best song you've written. was one, like I had missed two weeks in a row and I just was just basically pissed off at myself. And I sat down in our den where I am right now. And I was like, all right, dude, you've got 20 minutes. And I set a timer on my phone <laughs> and I f- spent 15 minutes writing it. I started recording it on my phone and the alarm went off and literally shut down the recording as I was finishing the song. And I just sent it oh, to nice. him and moved on. And he was like, "Hey, that's pretty good. I like that." This is, you know, so. I, well, I think yeah. there's a I great think, message yeah. in that, which I is mean, like but, the, the you, whatever. It's it's maybe it's a very like uh, simple and expected message, but like you have to keep failing in order to uh, then succeed. I guess it's important for me to remember. Yeah. Well, you were going to say something, Ted. Sorry. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I've done. I, I've written a few songs. Um, which is far more than I really have written in the past, maybe since I was, you know, 16 or something. Um, and I think you, what, what you learn is that, is that a, a song can be super simple or it can be super complex. Like there's just, it's this, it can be, it can, it can take any form. It can, it's, it can come from anywhere. It's almost this, you know, weird version of the blank page. Um, and, and figuring out what you're going to write a song about is a, is a weird, you know, you're, you're plucking a, mm. an atom that's just floating by in the known universe, you know, and, and spinning it around. And I've been interested in how, you know, you can, you can start playing chords and, and the, like the sound thing. It almost makes me think of like, like the way you come to a song can be through the sound, not just the words or the idea or the the written poetry and it makes me think of martin amos when he was talking about um writing and he he's referring to like the the music of the words and that you really can't like your the editing process is just finding the musicality in what you're writing that's like the whole thing for him um which rings rings true and like it's music is an is you're literally doing that and i i feel like i'm so um, I don't know, early in the idea of like sound and words together and melody and chords and like all of the, it just seems 
it seems like a lot, but at the same time, it's amazing what you can accomplish That's just kind of by yourself with like a fairly limited amount of knowledge about music, which is well, definitely what I have. The, the Tweety book, I mean, one of my favorite takeaways from that, which I think he talked about in his memoir too, is the mumble track idea where you, you, you just kind of strum yeah. some chords and you just sort of mumble until you make sounds that sound like a melody to a song and then you record it that way and then you basically just transcribe it saying, what does that sound like I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> which just like removes you from the process of like thinking too much. And it's just like, it sounds like I'm saying I mean, baby giraffe, I, I something, think, I something, think something. I will admit, you, you know, <laughs> here, he's, yeah. I think I will admit that I'm not a hundred percent satisfied with the, the kind of Tweety esque, like fully, um, opaque verse thing. Like I, I think I, as I, you know, as I mess around with this, genre this form um i'm trying to figure out where i where i want to fit you know and and like sometimes you know you listen to like a a top 40 country song and they're they're you know they're like telling a narrative story and you know what they're talking about the whole time you're like that's Uh kind of interesting too you know like like writing a whole single idea is it is a heck of a challenge in its own way totally that's i think the his his method of these and his he, his lyrics are admittedly kind of you know like obscure and he probably doesn't know what he's talking about most of the time but um that's what happens when you write whatever he writes like 300 songs a year <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got to mumble yeah. some of them yeah and i, well, I mean it, yeah. i love those too don't yes. get me wrong yes. i love so those there's too. something <laughs> like uh, i would almost go back to like uh, you know like the billy collins john ashbury thing with john ashbury is completely impenetrable and billy collins is uh, completely penetrable mm-hmm. but uh, tweety Utterly is penetrable tweety is not ashbury yeah what what's yeah yeah <laughs> tweety is not tweety's not ashbury in that like there is there's something else happening where it's um yeah. <laughs> i don't know uh, for me it's hard when i'm reading a john ashbury poem to really make any sense of it um or make even a story out of it, or try to convince mm-hmm. myself that I've made sense of it. But with Tweety, I whatever he's doing, I think often um, your mind makes some sense out of it, whether it was in, what the intention was or not, uh, doesn't matter. But so it's yeah. like somewhere I don't know. It's somewhere in the middle, and I think that it's, yeah, I think it's almost that's like a it's like a dream state where the dream makes sense while you're dreaming. And the music about helps it. a yep. lot, right? Like the the music adds fills in a lot of those gaps of where you're like you don't have to worry about not understanding something as much because you're just enjoying the music at that moment so it's like you there'll be that verse that you always basically miss and you never think about it just because you're like oh this is nice nels is playing a nice guitar lick behind him it's it's all good yeah yeah i think watching the tweety show and seeing him play just a Mm -hmm. guitar for so long uh over in these times has like hearing his really creative like chord changes yeah. is when you go, oh man, this guy's. Well, and I I just take his advice straight out of his book, and I just when I find a song like that, I just steal it and just t- take the you know take the chord changes and just like write something else. Or he has that part where he's like, take the chord changes and then reverse them and play them backwards. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like that's a thing you can do that I never would have thought about, and nobody's gonna know that I did that. But yeah, totally. And, and uh, Paul Simon stole the phrase bridge over troubled water from a gospel song, too. I mean, you can just do whatever you want to out yeah. there. Yeah. Helps to have a powerful team of lawyers behind you, but... It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, he probably comes... Tweety probably comes up with all of these sort of tips just from his uh, like incessant schedule. Yep. Of, you know, his, like, yep. he's going to write a song every single day. Yeah. Um, oh, it was interesting in that way where he has that one... Met, uh, that one uh, exercise where you like list the the verbs that go with a job and then you list <laughs> mm-hmm. the uh, things like the nouns and then you just connect them like in unexpected ways which he talks about and that is like verbatim in the I don't know if you guys have ever seen the book Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg you ever heard of this it's a no. it's a writing book from like the 80s or something and I read it in college and uh, it's a creative writing book and that that is like 
word for word in her book. So it's like, and he said in interviews that he gets these ideas from elsewhere. I mean, he doesn't acknowledge that because maybe somebody just told him about it or whatever. But like, I remember seeing that exact same, like exact same (laughs) exercise in a book before. So it's just, he's just kind of collecting all the like best practices of things that were fruitful. I love the idea of collecting because I think being a, being a, collector can be such an interesting role and uh i think yeah he's kind of a creativity collector which i I had never thought about until the until he basically laid it out in his book and i think you know i mean really when we talk about the ethos of take note we're kind of collecting the things around us that we see we're sort of plucking them out of the sky and putting them down in a notebook and saying this is here now and so i love too the idea of you collecting little phrases and snippets and and I've I've done the same thing too um in thinking about songwriting and then to go back through and and find little phrases and things and then to start a lyric off with that I mean that's a it is such a simple activity but it it is so incredibly rewarding to do that the other day to sort of yeah use yourself as a resource you know yeah, the other day my my 4-year-old daughter she was walking into the room and I said, Hey, can you pick up, like clean up the, the craft table back there where you got out all that stuff? And she said, don't mind if I do, don't mind if I can. And I was like, you just wrote me a song. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to use it. Don't mind if I do, don't mind if I can. On that note, I'm going to say thank you, Tim, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, encourage any listener of ours out there who doesn't know about the Erasable podcast to Head on over there as quick as you please, because um, it's fantastic, and you guys, uh, you guys are are moguls, you're celebrities <laughs> in our world. So we're glad to have you yeah, on. Yeah, I'll be. I, my, I was, I was a little upset. You guys sent the wrong color M and M's in my my package of, <laughs> of supplies for for this recording session. Col- <laughs> but, yeah. Colorblind man, it happens. To everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's everybody's number one complaint about the show. It's always the wrong color. Uh, M&M. Yep. Well, thanks a ton for joining us, Tim. It's been fun. Check us out on uh, the internet. We're at takenote.space. You can drop us a line, see some some blog content over there. Um, check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash takenotepod. Take care.